Welcome to episode 288 of the Rugby League Republic podcast with your hosts, Tish and Dr. T. In this episode, we preview the NRL Grand Final qualifiers and much more. Join us as we build the Rugby League community for all. The Rugby League Republic podcast starts right now. Welcome to episode 288 of the Rugby League Republic podcast. We aim to bring you the everyday fans' perspective on the greatest game of all, Rugby League. This is Rugby League for the people. I am your co-host, Dr. T. Joining me is Tish. Tish, we are at the penultimate week of the Rugby League season. Grand final qualifiers in both the men's and the women's games. How are you feeling? Are you pumped? Are you ready for the ultimate prize next week? Yeah, Dr. T, I'm feeling hot, 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 um, you know, so, uh, yeah, it is, it, look, not just because of the weather, but also because of the hot, hot, hot grand final that is about to come. And I think, um, you know, look, in the NRL men's, definitely four exciting teams, uh, the top four, um, you know, so they were able to survive the, you know, the five versus eight uh, sort of teams and now they are here ready to go right and um you know it's going to be interesting we've got some uh you know uh really good halfbacks um and it just comes down to whoever's in form so and uh yeah so it's going to be great so look i'm really looking forward to it plus you know it's grand finals all around right so even got state cup finals going on and we got yeah uh nrlw women's as you're talking about so uh yeah a lot to cover and i think um you know what a great time to be a rugby league fan uh, September. How about yourself? Do you remember September? Uh, I, look, yeah, that's right. I mean, it's September is just... It used to be that September was when they actually had the grand finals, but, you know, over time, inflation, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. the year inflates a little bit, and so now October is when the grand final will be. Uh, mm. Well, actually, no, it's, it won't. Is that right? No, it's not, it's not technically correct. Hang on. Am I? I'm just it's checking on the next Sunday, which is uh, the first. Oh, it is technically. Oh, it's snuck in there. Snuck in there. The yeah. first of October. But um, look, typically, those of you who are thinking, what what is Doctor T talking about? You know, years gone by. September was the month for semi-finals and fine and the the grand finals. So there was mm. no doubt. It never went beyond September. But lately, it's um. You know, now we've got the the public holiday, and it's all around that as well. And same for the AFL. So you know, everything has changed now to align to this public holiday, and um, yeah. you know, the season is just longer, longer, longer than it used to be. And um, something yeah. to think about because you know, when we reminisce about you know the the September kind of month and what that means in in rugby league circles it's it's no longer what what it means what it used to mean so you know things have uh, moved on from then so um speaking yeah, of moving exactly. on shall we yeah and i think <laughs> yeah. well i was gonna say that like um you know another, i think i think i know when the nrl grand final's on because that's when the clocks move forward for daylight saving so i don't know that's if that right. was, uh, if that's the it, way like so the question is what came first daylight saving or the nrl i, I don't know 
Oh, who knows? This is this is a one for Bill Gates and uh, oh no, Stephen Hawking. Sorry, not Bill Gates. Sorry, I'm <laughs> I'm confusing two guys with glasses. That's all right. Um, let's move on to tackle number one. We're going to review the uh, the what would they call the semifinals uh, of the NRL week two review. Here we go. Tackle number one. All right, so we saw two games played over the weekend at Amy Park, Melbourne Storm defeating the Sydney Roosters in pretty much the last minute, 18 to 13, in front of a pretty good mm. 19,500 crowd there in Melbourne. Uh, that was the Friday night game. And then on Saturday night, we saw an absolute, well, very entertaining game, I've got to say. Warriors 40 smashing the Newcastle Knights 10 at home. Uh, at Go Media Stadium, it was a uh, four o'clock game here in Sydney, but it was six o'clock over there in uh, Auckland, um, and that was in front of a bumper twenty-six thousand crowd. And uh, and look, yeah, we um, I guess let's let's go through one by one. So the uh, first one was the uh, let me just find the correct one. Hang on. Storm and Roosters. Now that was an interesting game. Um, you know, the it, it sort of went. The lead went back and forth. It was three tries to two eventually, uh, and and really a try at the end to Will Warbrick. And the seventy eighth minute um, completely gutted the hearts of the Roosters fans. They were winning thirteen twelve at that point. They had done really well to, you know, prevent. Um, really any scoring since the 25th minute. So I think it was the storm went out to a 12, if I'm not mistaken, a 12 nil lead. And then uh, the roosters clawed their way back. Um, they, they ended up 13, uh, 12 uh, in a 67th minute, Sam, uh, sorry, in the 71st minute, Sam Walker scored a field goal, putting them up um, uh, 12, uh, sorry, 13-12. And, um, you know, for all intents and purposes, the Roosters looked like they were home and hosed. Um, they were, you know, good in defence. They were holding out the storm. But then, you know, a, a miracle. Uh, Will Warbrick, you know, bursting onto, uh, I think it was like a loose kick. Um, and, uh, oh, no, sorry, it was actually, was it a pass? Uh, no, it was a kick, I think. Yeah, sorry. no, it was, an, it was a, it was a, Harbour Bridge Pass. Oh, that's uh, right. Oh, sorry, actually, no, 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 wait, wait. Are you, are you talking about the final try? The final try, the final try. The final was, try was was a was a opera house kick. Opera house kick, yeah, that's that's the way to... That <laughs> is a good the way high to notes, <laughs> Nothing that Melbourne Storm likes more than references to Sydney. So, yeah, it was an opera, <laughs> Sydney opera house kick. And, uh, yeah. and uh, look, it was, it was a bit of a speculator, a little bit. And mm. uh, Will Warbrick basically burst onto it. it. It reminded me of when Steve Jackson uh, did that big run to to kind of cut through the Balmain Tigers defense in the 89 grand final, breaking their hearts as well. Um, but in this case, it was, uh, you know, it was a few minutes ago and really it was, at this point, it was too late. Once the storm got ahead uh, with that try, it was all over. But but look, the Roosters, the, it was one that got away. I mean, they had plenty of opportunities. They had, they were all over them in the second half. They virtually kept them, uh, you know, virtually scoreless. 
um, mm. in the second half. Um, but for a bit of a penalty goal in the 58th minute. So it was really like the Roosters dominated the second half. There was some controversy afterwards about certain um, decisions being made and, and you know, knock-ons that were missed by the referee, etc. But at the end of the day, I mean, you've you've got to play you've got to play what's in front of you and you've got to play clutch. And Sam Walker looked like he played clutch. He was in the 71st minute, you know, scoring that field goal. But unfortunately, that wasn't enough. The, the Roosters needed to be a bit more disciplined in defence and I don't think they were. So I think they let the Storm back in. So look, at the end of the day, the Storm just eked out this win against the Roosters that were, you know, admittedly outside of the top four, but but were kind of doing a bit of damage on the way in. And and we wrote them off, you know, five weeks before the mm. finals and, and they managed to win pretty much every game since then. So they almost, almost got to a grand final qualifier. So well done to the Roosters. Goodbye. <laughs> enjoy enjoy your mad Monday. But, um, but yes, the Storm, <laughs> uh, not... I wouldn't be so impressed if I was... Craig Bellamy with that performance. They just managed to sneak in against a team that was, um, you know, not not the quality wasn't even the best, I think. I think there was a lot of, uh, you know, poor plays and um, it wasn't as high a quality game as I would have expected. But, Tish, what was your view about this game? Well, I think, I think Melbourne Storm had the better of the Roosters opening, right? So I think really having... I mean, I think the first 25, 30 minutes, um, it was kind of all the storm, really. And um, and that's sort of the benefit of having the rest week. You know, obviously, the Roosters playing the week before, now coming into this sort of matchup and then, you know, like having to back up type thing. Um, so, you know, from that point, uh, well, actually, no, they didn't get to rest at all, right? Sorry, what am I talking about? So, <laughs> yeah, so. No rest for either team, but I th- but I just think you know maybe that maybe the home field advantage they they just look to be a lot more sharper than than the Roosters who then sort of started to come back, you know they scored the tries in the middle there you know uh, Braden Smith you know uh, in the first uh, you know sort of in the last ten minutes of the first half and then Lindsay Collins sort of you know around the sixty ish mark I think it was so like you know th- they sort of came back. The Roosters, and then it was kind of like anyone's game. And then, look, there was the Harry Grant uh, situation where he kind of dropped the ball right in front of Ashley Klein. And, you know, we've had the uh, audio footage now where, you know, uh, he apolo- <laughs> the Ashley Klein apologized to uh, James Tedesco. Um, but look, I think you're right. I think, I think a lot of the times with these, there's going to be calls throughout the season, but particularly in the finals that are. That are not going to go your way, but you still have to be the better team to sort of being able to handle those situations. And if you are the dominating team, I think you're, you know, you, you just got to try to go out there and dominate. So um, I think in the end, um, you know, stats wise, uh, I think pretty even contest. And then so these line ball decisions become important in these situations. But I think I think ultimately, you know, Melbourne were able to hold their nerve. And you know they were able to produce the big moment, and you know, and and you know, interestingly enough, um, you know, in this game, you know, the Storm did not decide to play Jerome Hughes, but decided to play Young Wishart, and um, I thought he had a good game back as well. So that's really going to be interesting um, as we talk about what the Storm are going to do. And uh, yeah, I heard Phil Gould say on uh, 100% Footy that he felt the Roosters had a disappointing season. Um, 
And look, I think if you take away, I, I think the fact that they made it to the grand finals is a, is a plus. And I, um, but ultimately, I probably have to agree. I feel like they're they're a team that people expect them sort of to sort of make the finals pretty easily and then challenge for a top four spot. Um, they were sort of a little bit behind the pace, but I also feel that they weren't really a contender the whole year. Like I think they've had the problems in the halves the whole year. You know, they had the Joseph Manu experiment, um, which which was a fail, uh, right? The research came in and uh, <laughs> the peer review was not good, <laughs> you know. Um, so, um, so, yeah, so, so look, they probably have to go back to the drawing board and think about how they balance out their team. And, um, and, I'm, and I'm sure they will. Like I, I think... Trenton Robinson's probably one of the better operators, but um, but, but for there. And look, the Melbourne Storm, um, you know, the shine that the Melbourne Storm have had over the last 10 years, I think we're in a different era now. They're sort of uh, been pegged back a couple of times, but they still have that winning mindset and mentality, don't they? They seem to be able to uh, to pull off a victory in, uh, in, in crazy circumstances. But we've seen, you know, the week before when the Broncos absolutely dominated them, that they're also susceptible to getting blown out as well. So going to be interesting which Melbourne Storm shows up at Penrith uh, this weekend on the, on the semi. Yeah, and just my final thought, look, you did mention, I guess, the the it's so so important to have players that, and, and a culture that understands how to play in clutch situations. And, and mm. I think that's really the difference of, of the Melbourne Storm, what they did. They just they stepped up when they needed to. You mentioned they held their nerve, and I think that's a really great way to describe what, what the difference was, that the Roosters did not, but the Storm did. And you know what else they held? I'm looking at the stats. They held the ball. They had 69 <laughs> dummy passes to seven. Wow. So they, I think it's fair to say that the dummy kings – of the mm. NRL, uh, unbelievable. I don't know what that's going to look like against Penrith, yeah. but um, that was that was look, amazing. So, yep. Look, I haven't made this observation before, but I I really believe that uh, you are probably the number one analyst for dummy passes, Doctor T, uh, in the <laughs> NRL community because uh, it is it is a statistic you always seem to bring up, and it, and it is true. Like you know you know how much you're able to fool the opposition, or how many times you attempt to fool the opposition. Versus, so did I have successful dummy passes and unsuccessful dummy passes? Uh, I think I've, that's. I've been, I've been, I've been advocating for this for years. Uh, we need <laughs> better analysis, better analytics on on the dummy passes. How many were, how many worked, and how many didn't? I think that's what you're trying to say. Well, you know, which one, yeah. what percentage of them actually fooled the opposition, and what percentage yeah. were uh, resulted in you getting smashed? <laughs> that's that's exactly. really the. Like anything. Um, look, that's and, a good one. And I think one, there but... should be a statistic on most decoy runners, and um, perhaps uh, you know dummy uh, d- dummy tackles. <laughs> dummy <laughs> tackles. <laughs> oh my good, goodness! Yeah, look, that, that I'm gonna pretend a... to tackle you, but I don't. You know, so uh, the <laughs> fake. <laughs> well, well, actually, I'm gonna segue to the the discussion about the next game, which was the Warriors and the Knights, because. I think the best proponent of the dummy tackle is actually Kaelin Ponga. <laughs> there's a there's a clear example of that where he actually did that. A tackle that somehow was not a tackle but looked like a tackle. Um, he definitely did that in, uh, I think it was in the the Bailey series, no, the Rocco Berry try, I think. That was, uh, mm. that was the one where it was a brilliant try. But look, let me just quickly go to the Warriors. Warriors 40 to 10, um, seven tries to two, 16-4 at halftime. Um, 
you know, there's not much to say here. I mean, there's some of the, the iconic uh, kind of moments were towards the end when Sean Johnson was taken off and he did a lap. Yeah. like a lap of honour, clapping and, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, really uh, look soaking it in. And look, I've got to say something else. Uh, before we get into the very briefly kind of the, the game itself and the stats, et cetera, the, the, the thing I love about the Warriors and what they're doing this year, and I hope it continues, is is they've just, like, if you watched the crowd and they were so, everyone was so happy. They're singing the song at the end. Everyone's full of smiles. I mean, you would be full of smiles if you win your final, you know, home game in, in, in an emphatic manner like they did. But there was just something during the game itself, just everyone just has a great time. And and it's there's such a positive kind of club at the moment. And, um, you know, that positivity comes out, I think, very strongly in their – uh, their gameplay. I mean, we uh, won't go through all the, the tries, but really the one I was talking about was, you know, towards the end there, Rocco Berry, 59th minute, um, you know, Watner Zelezniak uh, took a bit of a hospital pass and then went to ground and or was about to go to ground and then flicked it back. And Rocco Berry took it and uh, look, it looked like a try out of nowhere because it looked like he was tackled, but on the replay they showed... He, uh, and it looked like it was going to be a double movement as well. And at the replay, they showed that he, uh, he actually kept his arm just above the ground and then plonked it down. And, and to me, the best was watching the reaction of the players and his teammates as mm. they were watching the replay on the big screen, knowing for sure that that try was confirmed and that the bunker was going to say yes to that. And they just went nuts and so happy for him as well. Look, such a positive club at the moment things are going great for them the interesting stat that i can see is that the of the seven tries not one of them was scored uh, no no sorry let me say a different way of the seven tries they were scored by seven different players and yeah. usually you get you know a winger scores two or three no seven different players Chans, adam marcelo dylan walker rocco berry dallin wadner zelezniak and bailey sirenen Different players, and that again, that is a good sign. If you're a Warriors fan, you know it's not like your all of your tries are being scored by the one on the one side or whatever. They are a complete team, um, and they completely demolish the Knights. And if you look at the stats, um, you know pretty much in all the metrics, completion rate, how quickly they get up, the post contact meters, line break, tackle breaks you know, how fast they are to play the ball, you know, and dummy passes, 33 to four. So again, wow. I go back to my, he who mm. wins dummy passes stat wins, as Confucius say, win dummy passes stat, win the game. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the way I look yeah. at it. Um, that will, that will, that will come into play in our previous. It's not the passes uh, you make finals. that makes the win. It's the passes you don't make. Yeah, that was um, uh, Michael Scott from The Office quoting Michael Jordan, in fact. But, yeah, look, <laughs> look, um, not much more in terms of like, the stats. Again, if you look at the stats without looking at the score, it's pretty clear that the Warriors dominated. Yeah. You know, the, there's the odd stat where the Knights had, you know, slightly more offloads or whatever. But, really, again, my dummy passes stat is still intact. <laughs> it's very important to look at. Look, yeah, Warriors, Knights, Tish, what did you think of the game? And uh, yeah, what what, what does and, and as we farewell to the Knights, a great season, yeah. 
very positive season as well towards the end there, but just not good enough compared to the top four. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the Knights, um, they had a, an amazing run right towards the end. And um, I think it was like, what, I mean, eight, nine, p- potentially 10 games in a row that they won. Um, but, you know, they came from so far back that in the end, you know, having that extra week off, I think would have done them a world of good and getting that extra, um, you know, sort of week into the finals as well. Um, but look, maybe that's something that they look in for next year. But I think the Warriors, obviously, they've had a surprise packet. They ran 15th last year, and now they you know, they sort of finished the end of the season at third. Um, they got smashed last week with, uh, you know, the Panthers without Sean Johnson. And then Sean Johnson came in. They looked like there was no issue with his, uh, with his, uh, I think it was a, a groin strain or a calf. Whatever his injury was, it, it was he, a calf. Not, calf. Yeah, but he definitely. Uh, it was the Sean Johnston show. Like you know, he kind of ran the team, and he was his game management was. I mean, it was next level. I mean, it reminded you of the great game managers of all time, like Mister Monopoly, and um, you know the guy who made Ticket to Ride. You know, like um, so. <laughs> Like, Fair enough. I can't think of it. That's yeah. one way to look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's, yeah, yeah. So, so I think from that point of view, he was, he was, he was out. He was great. And then look, the team has got so many strike weapons when they are all on, right? Um, you know, like obviously, you know, Adam Fidel Blake. That was an amazing try that he scored. Like, you know, he kind of sidestepped it and at pace as well. It was just remarkable, right? And then, um, what an athlete. So I think they kind of dominated the whole thing. Uh, the whole game, Newcastle could never really get into it. Um, you know, they had the, uh, you know, they had a couple of tries in the, uh, yeah, maybe one or two tries. Uh, one, one try in the first half, one try in the second half. But they really, it was, it was all the Warriors the whole, whole end. So, um, so it'd be interesting how they sort of back up, obviously from this week because they just had like probably the game of their lives, you know, that type thing. But you know, that type of victory also builds belief in the team, and. Um, I know they're very Sean Johnson focused, <laughs> right? But they do have other players that play well too. So, um, you know, maybe, yeah. But him being in the team, him being in the presence kind of reminded me of like, um, you know, that grand final where Cooper Cronk sort of played injured. Just has, yeah. you know, just his presence alone and just his, you know, maybe communication on the field and, you know, the different things. I think I think that that, that sort of plays a big part for the Warriors. So, yeah, really, really exciting. And um, look, what an amazing achievement. And I think, you know, Andrew Webster, we don't know too much about him still, but he, he definitely, um, you know, he's proved himself as a, as a as like an NRL coach, I think, with what he's done this year, 15th to third, and now, you know, at the brink of the grand final. And, you know, with this victory for the Warriors, um, you know, this is the first time since 2011 you've got four teams, one in one from Sydney, one from New Zealand, one from Melbourne and one from Queensland in the semifinals. Isn't that unbelievable? Absolutely. You know, it, and yeah, to be proud of, I think, as an NRL rugby league fan that we've got that kind of, um, yeah, that that interests and spread wide uh, our, our influence. So that's really good. And, um, well, let's move on to talking about the grand final qualifiers. So here's tackle number two. We're going to talk about the Panthers v. The Storm. All right, this Friday night at 7.50 at a core stadium in Sydney, 
the heavily favoured number one team, Panthers, the minor premiers, versus the Melbourne Storm, who came third at the end of the regular season. Um, we've got some ins and outs, and uh, the, the teams look like this. Penrith, Dylan Edwards, uh, Taruva, Targo, Crichton, Toho, Luai, Cleary at captain. In the forwards, Yo, Martin, Sorensen, Fisher-Harris, Kenny, and Leota. And on the interchange bench, Jack Cogger, Lindsay Smith, Spencer Lenu, and Luke Garner. For Melbourne, we've got Nick Meaney, Warbrick, Sevi, Olam, Smith, Munster, Hughes. In the forwards, King, Katoa, Loero, Christian Welch at captain, Harry Grant, and Kamika Mika. And on the interchange bench, Wishart, Eisenhuth, Asofa Solomona, and Tariq Sims. Tish, it's, um, you know, heavily, the bookies are heavily favouring the Panthers. The Panthers have uh, Jerome Luai that's come back from injury. And, you know, they've had a week off as well. So all of them are kind of well-rested, you would assume. Everything seems to favour the team that, that is rested for a week, um, pretty much. I mean, we keep talking about... Uh, you know, are they not going to be match fit, um, you know, by having that week off? I think everything in recent years, the stats have sort of shown that, uh, and I don't have it in front of me, but I, from my memory, I think that most, for the most part, if you're the team that has had the week's rest, you are, uh, you know, definitely at an advantage getting into that grand final qualifier. The Storm had a tough game against the Roosters. We just spoke about them. I don't think they have impressed this year as much as, as other teams, I think they've actually been more than beatable than they have been in years gone by. So I think that aura of Melbourne Storm has kind of washed off a little bit. But the aura of the Panthers has not. Um, they went from strength to strength. They matched it with the Broncos all the way through. And at the very end, the Broncos decided to rest their players when they had the minor premiership within <laughs> within their grasp. And uh, I, I, my view, I think they let it go, and and Penrith were there to take over, and now they're the minor premiers, and uh, you know, for, by all intents and purposes, heavy favourites. I don't see anything but a Panthers victory here, even if um, we get a re-injury of Jerome Luai. I think there there are injury question marks around him. I still think if you know if he goes off in the first minute and they had to replace him with someone. I still think the Panthers win because I think they've got just so much firepower. They've got Dylan Edwards there. They've got Crichton Tall. Not to mention Cleary's kicking game can get them out of any situation. The forwards, you know, Liam Martin, look, look to him to be as brilliant as usual. Isaiah Yo, yeah, disappointing in the Blues this year, but at club level, he is still you know, as strong as a, a ball playing forward as you will get in a, in any competition, really. So everything points to these this amazing club that has done so well in the last few years, um, making their, uh, I guess this would be their third grand final in a row. Tish, yeah, what do you think? Well, look, um, third, I think it's actually their fourth grand oh, final. Fourth, fourth sorry, yeah, sorry, fourth. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, but look, let me just throw a couple more. The Panthers have won their past seven finals matches. The Panther, Panthers have won four of their past five games against the Storm. Uh, the Storm have won five of their past six games at a core stadium, which this game is where is this game played? A core stadium. Yeah. Ooh, okay, so that's interesting. Um, and uh, yeah. Uh, the Storms' Craig Bellamy will coach his 50th finals game. Well, that's interesting. And 
Um, the Panthers, uh, Stephen Crichton has scored four tries in the past five games against the Storm. Um, so, yeah, and look, Harry Grant runs from dummy half more than any other player in the NRL at an average of 6.6 per game. So there you go, Harry. That's, uh, the, you know, the, there you go. But look, I think overall, like you could see even from the stats, the history, this has become a contest that the Panthers, particularly in the big games, have dominated. Um and, you know, we've seen the Panthers being very uh, – sorry, the Storm being very susceptible to the top teams this year. Um, and, in fact, I think they got – I think both games against the the Panthers this year, it wasn't close, like 26-6 and 34-16. Uh, the Panthers won winning both the games this year. So um, they've been a bit off the pace when it comes against the Panthers. So they – would really need to put put in a big performance um, to to sort of upset the upset the Panthers and look what's happening at Penrith. It's kind of one of these things because you know we talk about the closeness of the competition and then we talk about how it's been so long since a team has uh, has been able to make so many grand finals in a row and been able to win so many premierships in a row, right? So you know they get they're sort of you know I think the Panthers are going to win. And you know, um, potentially challenge for that third grand final row, which hasn't been done since Parramatta. And you kind of feel a little sad at times that the Panthers are that. But then, you know, I thought about it and I thought, you know what? I'd rather the Panthers do this than say the Roosters or the Storm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, because they're doing it also by uh, being a pillar of their community as well, right? And they're doing it by using local juniors and stuff like that. So, you know, what's happened is that they were the up-and-comer, uh, you know, underdog team, but now they're a team of superstars and they're all superstars that are all created in the Panthers system. So I think it's remarkable really what they've done. So, yeah, I think the Panthers are going to do that. And, look, I suppose the only, the only real thing is that it is at a core stadium, which is not, you know, kind of they get like – you know, they don't get really any sort of um, benefit of a home game. But I don't think that, you know, they've got too many big-name players, I feel, that that are kind of, um, you know, are just going to, uh, you know, handle the occasion. And I think that's what it's going to be. I think a bit of game engagementship a little bit as well on both teams. So I don't know if Jerome Luai will play the full game or even start. <laughs> I feel like that's why Coggery is on the bench. Um, and then he might... Uh, even start the game. And I think the same thing with Tyron Wishart at Melbourne against Jerome Hughes. I feel like Wishart might actually start after his great performance last week because Jerome Hughes may not be 100% ready too, right? Um, so I feel like both teams, like, you know, it's kind of Craig Bellamy and Ivan Cleary are the, like the seasoned coaches with the crazy, ta- well, with the, you know, games and shit type tactics that are sort of going to play into this. Um, but ultimately there isn't, you know, if you go for the team lineup by lineup, you can't really see any part of the uh, squads where the Panthers are not dominant. I think they've got the better halves pairing, they've got the better backline, and they seem to have the better forwards as well. So, and I think they've got more strike power off the bench. So, yeah, where did the storm I... win? They just have to grit it out. Um, you know, the uh, yeah, sorry. No, no, go ahead, sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, they'll have to grit it out. So if um, if they could repel the Panthers and they could get the Panthers frustrated, perhaps they're a chance. But if the Panthers score early, um, it could blow out very quickly. That's what I think. So how about yourself, Dr. T? 
Oh, look, I, all I want to say is uh, I just looked at the last victory for the Storm where they flogged uh, uh, against the Storm where they flogged them 26 to 6 in August. And, uh, you know, my dummy passes theory didn't work because uh, Storm. <laughs> Storm had more dummy passes by just a little bit, but yeah, no, it didn't work. They were got they got flogged. So maybe that's more just a Cameron Munster thing, right? I think he's uh, he stacks the mm. stats in his favour. But look, <clears throat> just to wrap it up, I think um, I think we're both in agreement that the Panthers this is really their their game to lose, and uh, and you know we're expecting a victory. We we know that they 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 uh, are clinical, you know, in a way that the Storm used to be. Um, they've taken on this kind of aura, I think, and and uh, I, I think they're a bit vulnerable in terms of the the Jerome Luai situation. But I think I don't think the Storm is the team to take advantage of that. I think if anything, either the Broncos or the Warriors in the grand final setting will be the ones that might take advantage of that and uh, and and exploit that weakness. So, yep, despite the weakness, I think the Panthers will easily win this one. Let's move on then to tackle number three, the grand final qualifier for the Broncos versus the Warriors. All right, Broncos and Warriors are going to play Saturday evening at 7.50 at Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane. The Broncos are are pretty much favoured heavily, not as heavily as the Panthers are, but they are very much favoured over the Warriors. And the lineup looks like this. So for the Broncos, Reese Walsh, <clears throat> Jesse Arthurs, Katoni Staggs, Farnworth, Cobbo, Mam, Adam Reynolds, Captain. In the forwards, we've got Carrigan, Ricky, Capewell, Haas, Billy Walters, and Thomas Flegler. Interchange bench, Tyson Smoothie, Brendan Piakura, Kobe Hedrington, and Keenan Palazia. And for the Warriors, Nicol Klukstad, Wataneza Lesniak, Berry, Pompey, Montoya, Martin, Sean Johnson. And the forwards, Tohu Harris at captain, Nia Corey, Ford, Barnett, Wade Egan, Adam Fanua Blake, and on the interchange bench, Dylan Walker, Jazz Tavago, Bailey Sirinan, and Josh Curran. Tish, look, the Broncos are heavily favoured. They finished equal first to the Panthers. Um, you know, we're talking second versus fourth on the ladder. But I think the Warriors were quite impressive last week. I'll let you lead the way. Uh, what do you think will happen with the Broncos and the Warriors? Yeah, well, interesting enough, last year the Warriors did beat the Broncos 20-6, but then this year it was a 26-22 affair. Um, so from that point of view, I think these two teams are pretty evenly matched from that point of view. Um, but I think it's I think the most intriguing battle is the battle of the uh, veteran halfbacks, the veteran playmakers, the veteran game managers in Adam Reynolds and Sean Johnson, right? So I think both of these guys are going to put their stamp on the game, and it might be a a a game of you know because both teams have exciting you know, exciting back lines. They have forwards that can move forward and, and can really rough each other up. So then it comes down to which of these game managers can get, uh, you know, play the right strategy, play the right tactic and and sort of um, and sort of come come against all the odds to try and make this, uh, you know, uh, like, you know, to try and win the game. So I think this is going to be fascinating. I think out of the two games, this is probably the harder one to pick, right? 
Um, but like, you know, it's sort of, I think what we've seen in the finals, how hard it, it difficult it is to sort of, uh, you know, play uh, sort of away from home. And this game is at home for the Broncos at Suns, Suncorp Stadium, right? So they've got a big advantage just on the home ground of field. Um, you know, they're going to have the Queensland spirit going crazy, uh, you know, as 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 fiery as it will ever get. Um, so, yeah, plus, you know, the Warriors had a big high last week. Now they've got to sort of back up uh, week to week. Um, but I think I think they'll bring their A game. I don't, I don't think it's going to be like uh, – I don't think it's going to be uh, like, you know, the Warriors won't show up. Um, but it just depends on how, how much the um, – you know – how much they could sort of, um, you know, back up from last week. Um, so a bit of stats, the Broncos have won their last eight of their past nine finals matches at Suncourt Stadium, so a huge advantage. Uh, Warriors, Marcelo Montoya has scored in his three consecutive games against the Broncos. So he's he's on fire against the Broncos. Uh, Selwyn Cobber has scored 21 tries in the last 21 games at Suncourt. So he obviously loves Suncorp. And then uh, Dallin Wateni Zelezniak requires one try to equal the club's tries season record of 23. And, um, yeah, the Broncos have only won three of their past eight games at Suncorp. So that kind of throws that whole home ground advantage out the door, doesn't it? So <laughs> Wow, that is fascinating. Yeah. That and look, this is co- the next <clears throat> one is kind of the, the Broncos have only – just have won just four of their last 10 matches against the Warriors. And um, there you go. And then these clubs have not met each other twice in a season since 2019. So that's that's more of the NRL, uh, you know, uh, scheduling committee. <laughs> Getting that wrong every year. But, look, yeah. yeah, so there you go. So, look, the you know, the Warriors have the advantage here. And, uh, yeah, I think that Suncorp hoodoo on the Broncos a little bit is, is a bit interesting. But, look, I think I think – I think every Queenslander is, uh, you know, I could see them pumping up their spirit. They're like, you know, training it. They're resting it. They're getting it ready. Um, so, you know, it's all going to be on show, uh, you know, when we get to this game. Um, so come Saturday night, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be an overload of Queensland spirit. And I think that is what the Broncos ride on to to, to get themselves into the grand final. But that's, that's kind of where I'm leaning towards. What about you, Dr. T? Yeah. <clears throat> Look, I think it actually will work in the Warriors' favour because I think <laughs> the fact that, you know, the Broncos have had – look, if we're looking at the, the the last sort of, you know, few home games that they've played here at Suncorp and, and you know, this year is an exception, but, you know, they, they were struggling for a few years. And I think that's where the stats kind of makes it look like the Broncos have been struggling this year as well, but they haven't. They were, they've been one of the teams that have set the trend this year, along with the the Panthers setting the you know the standard. Um, but the Warriors haven't been too far behind, and let's not forget that the Warriors have actually gotten better and better throughout the year, uh, for the most part. You know, they they have had a few slip ups here and there, um, but but definitely they've I think they've shown that they can. Um, when the big occasion calls for it, they can step up. And I think, um, you know, <clears throat> some interesting, uh, yeah, I mean, I think to me it fundamentally comes down to the halfbacks. I think mm. it's going to be an Adam Reynolds versus Sean Johnson show. They have different they have different games in a way. Like Adam Reynolds is almost all about the kicking game, 
Um, not really so much. He's not really a runner or an organizer. For that, they rely more on Reese Walsh than anything else. Um, but I look at the Warriors and the way they've been playing and the fact that Sean Johnson, when he's, you know, assuming he's fit and he didn't aggravate his calf muscle injury and assuming that he's ready to go and play, take that step, you know, in uh, grabbing the game by the scruff of the neck as we expect him to, or players of his kind of calibre. Um, you know, Sean Johnson of old may have not done that, but I think he's now matured to the point where he is ready to take that next step and lead this team into the grand final. And I think, you know, from what I saw, all the the the, the little flags, the red flags that I mentioned, you know, the fact that they've got such a united kind of, team culture that they rely and draw on, a lot on the team uh, the the fans and their energy and i think the fact that there's you know virtually brisbane is like a second new zealand home um uh, in australia they're going to have a a absolute wealth of support there for uh, the warriors and i think it will feel like it's a warriors home game more than a broncos home game i believe um they're just so loud, and I think that's what we're – if that is the case, then I think the Warriors will draw – the team will draw a lot of energy from that. It'll make them feel like they're at home, and I think it'll lift them. I think it won't feel like a cauldron. It won't feel like they're the odd ones out, that they're they're, they're going into the, you know, the furnace of Lang Park, as it used to be called. It won't – it's not like that anymore. So I think Sean Johnson, he's got a calm head on his shoulders, Um you know, he's not the captain. That's another good thing. Um, to have Sean Johnson just play his role and focus on his role to be, you know, the link man, the 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 man that sets up a lot of the tries but but doesn't necessarily get the accolades. He's not necessarily the the last pass, but a lot of what he does sets up the the tries from you know well in advance. Um, it's just he does the 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 small things, the hidden things that a lot of people don't recognise. And the other thing is this year, you know, if we're talking about Reynolds being Reynolds' strengths being in the kicking game, Sean Johnson has had a superb kicking game this year as well. In fact, he has actually got probably one of the best long kicking games, second to probably Nathan Cleary, I would say, and maybe even Adam Reynolds. Let's put him up there as well. So this is just going to be a game of which halfback gets the upper hand. And I think Sean Johnson, he has more to offer this team than just the kicking game. Whereas Reynolds, I think, um, you know, he's not really renowned or hasn't really stepped up in the, in the, the running game component, which I think Sean Johnson, as you said, game management wise, I think Sean Johnson has actually improved a lot. So I actually think there's an upset on the cards here. I think a lot of people are expecting the Broncos to win, but um, that's, you know, their last outing, was a very close game. It was 26 to 22. It was in May. Um, last year, they won 20 to 6 in April. Probably not reasonable to compare to April of last year. The only real comparison we have is May of this year, where the Broncos won 26 22. It was close. Um, what can we say about that? Not much, really, because it was so long ago. All I can say is that the Warriors have actually improved significantly since then. Um, you know, they were they were not at the top of the table back then. They were kind of, you know, middle of the table or lower half, and they've made their way, they've clawed their way into the top four for the first time in a long time. So, look, in my mind, I think the Warriors are going to do the job. Um, but, Tish, I will uh, – let's move on, shall we? 
Yeah, well, look, I just uh, do you have the stats on the dummy half passes there? Um, oh, for that game, let me have a look. Uh, yeah, well, while you do that, the, I just uh, I just want to yeah. uh, just just quickly mention on the you know for the for the for the competition, Sean Johnson leads in try assists as well as um, line <coughs> break involvement um, and also kicking meters and all kicks. So. He, he, yeah, definitely. If you think about somebody who is a great game manager, somebody that's you know that's heavily involved in try assists, line break involvements, and kicking moves. So I think you're right. And then um, you know he's he's kind of got that over Adam Reynolds, um, who's got the most intercepts, um, which is kind of very interesting for wow. a halfback as well. That's amazing. Yeah. So, but look, I also think that you know uh, you know Adam Reynolds is also an experienced campaigner here as well. Um, so that's also that other thing where I think in these type of games, you know, when it's just about the actual game itself, I, I know Adam Reynolds is going to bring his A game. Um, so, yeah, we'll really t- they kind of, uh, you know, uh, balance each other out sort of thing. So, you know, I was trying to look at it and then what I've noticed is on the bench, uh, you know, uh, the Broncos have Tyson Smoothie, but I think that gets offset by Rocco Berry. Um, <laughs> a berry but, smoothie, a berry smoothie, but then the Warriors also have a Josh Curran, so you know, like currants, right? So I think, I think probably a uh, probably a bit more flavor on the on the Warriors end. But they've got well, a jazz to as well. You can't argue with the flay the the food uh, argument there. But look, I tried looking well, well, at the previous game. Sorry, go ahead, yeah. It's the Broncos' own fault. They've got Corey Oates in the in the reserves, you know. Oh no, you can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> you can't. Yeah. <laughs> look, um, I had a look at the stats for um, the dummy passes nine seven in the earlier game this year to the Broncos. So it was close. It was close. This isn't like mm. a, a, a way, you know, skewed uh, metric. <laughs> yeah in favour of one yep. team. So I think it was close. And it was a close game. So you look, the dummy passes um, theory still holds, I think. But look, unless you have a final thing to say, I say we move on to tackle four. Let's what say on. you? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, we're going to talk about the State Cup Grand Final. So we've already seen the Queensland. Is it called? Is it still called the Intrust Super Cup? I'm not sure whether it's still called. I think that, it's the Host Plus. Host so, Plus. Oh, sorry. Apologies. Yeah, a Host different Plus. insurance company. I think if Intra was a. Yeah, that's right. So so different. I've never heard of it. But anyway, look, Host Plus. The winners were East Tigers. I think defeating the uh, the Burley Bears in that one. There we go. So, uh, and I think in in the traditional sense or the recent tradition of having the Queensland winners up against the New South Wales winners, uh, we're going to see uh, on grand final day, we're going to see the East Tigers up against either the South Sydney Rabbitohs or the North Sydney Bears and who are going to play out the uh, their New South Wales knock-on effect grand final on Sunday the 24th of September at 3 p.m., um, and where's that going to be played? At Combank Stadium at 3 p.m. So that Sunday game, um, mm. the teams look like this. So this is going to be some familiar names. 
let me go through the teams and then we'll talk about who we think is going to win. So, by the way, this is first versus second. Bears came first and the Rabbitohs came second. I'll go for the Rabbitohs first. Blake Taff is the fullback. Tom Carr, Isaac Tuitupu, Thompson, Jacob Gagai, Tyrone Munro, Dion Tupa, Dean Hawkins is the captain. And in the forwards, we've got Talis Duncan, Ethan O'Neill, Benjamin Lovett, Brock Gray, Peter Mamazilis, and Shaquai Mitchell. And on the interchange bench, Shannon Gardner, Matt French, Jackson Ramey, and Yelene Gordon for the North Sydney Bears, the minor premiers. Josh Bergerman, Alan Fitzgibbon, Kieran Heyman, Toa Matafa, Fetelega Polga, Jesse Marsh, and Ben Stefanovic. Uh, oh, wow. And in not not the same spelling, no, no as who you're thinking. Oh, um, okay, yep. Zach Docker Clay is the captain, Ruben Porter, Ellie El Zakam. Kurt DeLouis, Tyron Ott, and Terrell May. And on the interchange bench, Ben Marshke, Fletcher Baker, Ben Thomas, and Jerry Key. And look, the Bears, look, the, the, the Rabbitohs have Blake Taff, who has had a bit of first-grade experience, but the rest of them have had very limited first experience from both sides. And so it's very hard to sort of predict where this is going to go, except if you look at, you know, 1v2, um, or, or if you look at the stats... Just having a look at the stats ahead to head, you know, five four in favour of the Rabbitohs in their last ten outings. In the on the 9th of September, not that long ago, the Rabbitohs beat the Bears thirty to twenty four. I think that's why um, they had the traditional, if I'm not mistaken, um, did they have the traditional kind of top five setup potentially? I think so. In I this, think so. Yeah. Yeah. So this this is why we're seeing them play again. Uh, earlier in the year, the Rabbitohs beat the Bears twenty four to sixteen. So it's close games, both of them, but um, Rabbitohs, the fact that they've won twice head-to-head against the Bears this year alone um, is interesting. The uh, the Bears also have fallen off a little bit lately. In their last five games, they've lost three games, um, and whereas the Rabbitohs have, have won all five games, including obviously that game against the Bears very recently. So look, you you know you look at that and you think well what is what does this indicate i think it indicates that somehow the bears i think they probably got to off, off to a big start initially and maintained their performance just enough to win the minor premiership but ultimately the stats seem to indicate that the rabbitos would likely dominate um uh, this game or or at least have the advantage so i'm going to tip the rabbitos for this one what about you tish yeah, well, look, um, I think, yeah, look, it's going to be good. Look, I think uh, obviously the Rabbitohs are the war- uh, Rabbitohs uh, team, uh, like, you know, the Rabbitohs, um, you know, sort of feeder. And I think the Bears are for the Roosters, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, so look, yes, yeah, so you've got a few players in both teams that have had the NRL experience. But look, what I have to say, Dr. T, is... Um, you know, the NRL started started doing the stats between the head-to-heads up until 1998, right? Because obviously that's when the competition get, came back. So this knock-on effect is the New South Wales Rugby League uh, Championship, which has been played since 1908. So what this means is that if the North City Bears could win, it's going to be the first New, New South Wales Rugby League Premiership since 1922. Wow. 
101 <laughs> years, right? Um, the Bears have, you know, I know it's not the top competition anymore, but it is uh, It is still the old competition, right? So let's see how they go. Um, and uh, I think I want to I want to see I want to see this record broken finally. Like, look, as I said, it's not in the NRL, but just to see the Bears long suffering, um, you know, franchise, long suffering identity in rugby league. Um, let's hope they'll do it. You know, coached by Jason Taylor, um, so so that's also, uh, you know, he's, he's. I think a lot of people have have sort of had, um, you know, Jason Taylor. He might have not performed that well in the NRL, but I think I think people see him as a good sort of. Um, understudy coach and so forth. So I think that would be doing well. And, um, you know, so I'd like to see the Bears, uh, yeah, the Bears actually feature on grand final day after uh, 101 years, right? That would be amazing. So go the Bears, I say. Is that is that what we call the Bears? Up the Bears, go the Bears? I don't know what it is. So, yeah. It's been no so worries. long. We don't know what to say when they're doing well. So, yeah. That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, good luck to both teams. And uh, look, let's move on to tackle number five, the NRLW semifinals or grand final qualifiers. Here we go. All right. So the Knights, first versus fourth, the Knights are playing the Broncos at McDonald Jones Stadium at Newcastle. On Sunday afternoon at round 2 p.m., the Knights are favourites. The the um, the lineups are as follows: the Newcastle Knights have Tamika Upton, Sheridan Gallagher, Shanice Parker, Abigail Roach, Jasmine Strange, Georgia Roach, Jesse Southwell in the forwards. Hannah Southwell is the captain. Yasmin Clydesdale, Leishan, uh Albert Jones, Caitlin Johnson, Olivia Higgins, and Taylor Predibon. And on the interchange bench, Nita Maynard, Tiana Davison, Kayla Romaniuk, and Jacinta Carter. For the Broncos, we've got Hayley Maddick, Julie Robinson, Mele Hufanga, Shanae Siasolka, Ashley Werner, Gail Broaden, Ali Brigginshaw is the captain. And uh, the forwards, we've got Mariah Denman, Romy Tietzel, Tasman Gray, Brianna Clark, Destiny Brill, and Tafito Lefaeli. And on the interchange bench, Lavinia Gould, Jasmine Fogovini, Chelsea Lenarduzzi, and Lauren Dam. Now, Tish, the Knights are the favourites. They've they've come first. Um, everything seems to point in their direction. If I look at the team stats head to head, they've won two versus the Broncos. Won the last game they played in August was won by them, twenty-two to twenty. Um, and, uh, well, last year in August, they won that one as well. But if we're just looking at this year, it was a close game this year. Um, I might do my, my typical, uh, <laughs> dummy passes. Dummy passes. Trick. Let's have a yep. look what the team stat says. I'll, I'll be very quick here. Dummy passes 19 to six in favor of the Broncos, but they lost. So there goes the dummy passes theory. Do not, do not focus on that. Mm. But look, I get the feeling mm. though, the Broncos, have a a bit more to play for. They've got, you know, Ali Brigginshaw, they're a well-known, cool, calm head as the captain. Um, and, and look, really, I think they've got some other sort of uh, tricks up their sleeve. Tasman Gray there, uh, and I think on the bench as well, Chelsea Lenarduzzi. So they've got some players there that, you know, have played there before. They've done, they've done it on, on the big occasion. 
So I'm going to go for an upset here. I reckon the Broncos are going to win this one. What about you, Tish? Well, look, um, just looking at the lineups, right, um, you know, I could see, um, look, yeah, the Knights had a, have had a great season and I think they've got enough experience in there as well with Jess Southwell playing in the team and then also Hannah Southwell at lock forward. She is like the, you know, the Trevor Gilmeister, right, type. Reminds me of Trevor Gilmeister, the way he used to just chop the opposition down and she's got the same sort of way, right? She just can tackle anything. So, um you know, I, th- I, th- I think that's great uh, for them. So I think defensively, I think they will be able to handle it. It's just the occasion. But look, this is at you know this is at McDonald Jones Stadium, so it's their home ground. I think they'll have the 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 support of the town with them type thing. Um, so look, I think even though it is their favourites, they might be a bit more nervous. But I'm going to give it to the Knights. I think the Knights are going to, um, you know, uh, show yeah the real Knights are going to stand up if that makes sense. So, yeah. All right. The next game is the Roosters and the Titans. So the Roosters are, uh, came second. The Titans came third. Roosters are heavily favoured. This is a Sunday afternoon game at 4.15 at Allianz Stadium in Sydney. <clears throat> and the lineups are as follows. For the Roosters, Corbin Baxter, Jamie Fressard, Bridie Parker, Isabel Kelly is the captain. Mia Wood, Taryn Aiken, Jocelyn Kelleher on the forwards. Kay- Kay- sorry, Kaylee Joseph. Is it Kylie? Kylie Joseph. Olivia Koenig, Batista Pooley, Teula Fotomuala, Keely Davis, and Millie Boyle. And on the interchange, Jolie Morris, Grace Hamilton, Maya Hill Moana, and Amelia Pasikala. For the Titans, Ivania Polite, Karina Brown, uh, Jamie Chapman, Niall w- Williams Guthrie, Destiny Mina Sinapati, Shante Kiria Ratu, Lauren Brown, and on the forwards, Georgia Hale is the captain, Shaley Bent, Zara Canfield, Jessica Elliston, Brittany Braley Nati, Shannon Mato, and on the interchange, Sienna Lafipo, Stephanie Hancock, Riley Jorgensen, and Danny Parisi. And if I'm going just based on double barrel names, the Titans will win that one. <laughs> I think they had three versus one, uh, two versus three versus two double barrel names. Sorry, four versus two. So they win that one. Um, interesting lineup as well. We've got a few of the players that look like they have, I believe, like Indian background, if I'm not mistaken, by the looks of their names. So very interesting there for the Titans. I think, though, if I look at the Roosters and I look at some of their star players, Isabel Kelly is captain. Millie Boyle in the forwards, um, Olivia Koenig there as well. These are names that we've we've come to know over the over the last few years, and these are players that have won or gone close to winning uh, the you know player of the season awards and and continually kind of show up in these big occasions. And on that basis, I think the Roosters you know have more to play for, um, and and I think they uh, they've got that experience there. So I'm tipping the Roosters for this one. How about you, Tish? Yeah, well, look, um, I, look, I, I haven't been up close with the Roosters at all, but I actually ran into the Titans squad a couple of weeks ago, um, and uh, and to be honest, that they were in the Jetstar Lounge, and uh, they were very disciplined in what they were, uh, you know, no pies or chips for them. They were very focused on the uh, on the bar there, like you know, the the food bar. So, 
I think they're going to carry through that discipline. That's the that's really the only insight that I can give in terms of these two teams. But <laughs> but but look, I, I feel like um, for what I've seen of the Titans, I feel like they're very attacking, and I feel like the Roosters are more of a sort of a like a like a like a strong game type thing. Um, and then so I, I think I think the what I, I think I saw an incredible amount of fight actually from. The Titans, they've had a lot more closer games type thing. And um, I'm pretty sure, look, I don't know, it doesn't actually say here who their coaches are, but I think their coach is Matt Geyer, right? Um, uh, and then so with his experience, I feel like in sort of these finals games, I think he's got that sort of, you know, stormish era type thing. Uh, so I think I'm going to tip, well, am I tip? Okay, I'm going to tip. The Titans. I think the Titans can do it. So um, I know that the uh, you know the Roosters have got a bit more of the experience, but I think in this sort of scenario, I feel like the um, yeah, I feel like the the up and comers in the Titans can can definitely do the job. So again, it's going to be a great, exciting game. Um, this is at Alliance as well, so um, I would have liked to see both games as a double header, but um, but that's okay. Um, but let's uh, let's yeah, hopefully they get a big crowd and and hopefully the um. Yeah, it's going to be. Hopefully, we get two blockbuster games. Yeah, and I think it's great that they're not doubleheaders. It means that they've it's legitimately coming into its own as a competition that you mm. get you get your home ground advantage if you're um you know if if you're in the lead in terms of the uh, the the on the ladder. So I think that's a great thing. Um, yep. Do you be have the game. dummy half the dummy past at? Uh, oh, did, did you want me to check the last um? Last okay, game well, is that what you said? Oh, the this is this is this is good. The Roosters have the, flogged the Titans thirty to eight. And yeah. if I look at the stats for that game, and that was only in August, late August, so not that long ago, about a month ago. If I look at the team <laughs> stats, I'm gonna scroll down. I think you've already seen twenty-nine to one, the Roosters <laughs> yes. dummy passes and victors. So look again. <laughs> It it matches up, doesn't it? They flog them on the dummy passes. They flog them on the scoreboard. Yeah, I think it says a lot, Tish. And I think I'm going to stick to my theory for the most part. I think it's a very good theory, um, mm. you know. But yeah, on that basis, I think definitely the Roosters are, are in, on top. I just wonder: is dummy passes more effective in men's rugby league versus women's rugby league? That's that's going to be interesting. But anyway. Well, yeah, you never know. <laughs> all right, well, let's go to tackle number six. We're going to wrap it all up and get the tips underway. Here we go. All right, last week... We both got one out of two. That brings me to a total of 128 and you to a total of 130. Now, this week we've got the two men's NRL game, the two women's games, and also the New South Wales game. So we'll add them all to the tips and see how we go. Tish, this is your final chance to make a claim. Panthers v Storm, who are you putting your money on? I am tipping tipping, the Panthers. Yes, I am also tipping the Panthers. Well done. Broncos v Warriors. I get the feeling we're going to disagree on this one. I am tipping the Warriors to upset the Broncos. Yep, I'm going to tip the Broncos. All right, Rabbitohs v Bears. Now, if I'm reading correctly, well, I'm tipping the Rabbitohs. Do you stick with the Bears? Yeah, I'm going to stick with the Bears. Uh, more heart than logic, but there you go. 
<laughs> Knights v Broncos. I'm tipping an upset in this one. The Broncos to win. What about you? You sticking with the Knights? Yeah, I'm sticking with the Knights. And finally, Roosters Titans in the NRL Women's Roosters. Like I said, I think are going to dominate. So I'm I'm tipping them to win. Yep. Yeah, look. The Titans will have learnt their lesson. They won't fall for any dummy passes in this game. I'm tipping the Titans. <laughs> well done. All right. Well, that's it. That wraps up our podcast. And look, the next week we're going to do have a grand final edition. Good luck to all teams. Good luck to everyone. Enjoy the footy because this is as almost as good as it gets uh, as a penultimate round. Um, it's exciting. We're almost there. It's been a big season, but I feel that the with the level of football that we've seen recently is uh, going to have us in good stead for a great round of football this week. Tish, over to you to wrap this one up. Yes, thank you, Dr. Taylor, to thank everybody for listening. But that's all the time that we have for this edition of the Rugby League Republic. We're your hosts, Tish and Dr. T. Join us next time on the Rugby League Republic. Bye for now.